Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Um, today, we continue our study of 1 Peter. And as Brandy just read for us, we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 3 through 12. And our sermon this morning is entitled, Eternal Insight. Eternal Insight. You know, insider information is a big deal. Everyone loves to have the insider information, right? You know, on Wall Street, you get arrested for using insider information that you're not supposed to have. In any group that we're involved in, we love having the insider details. We love all the, the facts and the nuances. For example, when's Redeemer Church moving? You all wish you had the insider info, right? Six o'clock tonight, covenant gathering, insider info forthcoming. But we all love to know the full story because when we know the full story, we know that we can trust what we've heard. When we know the full story, we know that that little snippet we heard, we heard it correctly, right? And we want to make sure that we heard it correctly before we build our lives on it. So what Peter does right here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-12 through 12, is he gives the full story. He gives the full story, and he says this. So if you're going to just give me a few minutes this morning, here, here's the point. When you heard the gospel of Jesus, when you heard the message that although you were a sinner, the eternal God sent His Son into the world to live, to obey His law, and then to willingly give his life on a cross to bear the wrath of God and pay the penalty for sin, your sin. And then the third day he rose again showing his defeat over death, his defeat over Satan, and showing that in Jesus Christ all the promises of God will be fulfilled now and forevermore. That's the gospel. By which, if you're visiting today, this is our message. This is that message upon which we stand. You either are or, not, or are not a Christian based on how you respond to that gospel. And we would compel you to repent and believe today if you never have. But what Peter says here is that when you heard that gospel, you received the insider story. When you heard and believed and received that gospel, you heard the full, total message of who God is, what God is up to, what God will always be up to in His world. Peter goes so far as to say there were prophets in Old Testament time who the Spirit of God dwelt in them and gave them truth in a way that doesn't really play out for us, they long to know the details of the gospel of God's grace the way it's laid out for us right here. Peter goes even further. He says that in us hearing and knowing and believing the gospel of Jesus Christ, we know things that angels have yearned to know for millennia upon millennia. And that, friends, I hope you feel a little stinging rebuke already. And I hadn't even started preaching yet. Because we hear the gospel of Jesus and we go, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know, I know, that's the gospel. But I need, I need something more robust. 
man, I really like the deeper truths of the Scripture. The deeper truths, God sovereignly from the before the foundation of the world knew that His creation would rebel against Him and chose to send His own Son, Jesus the Son, coming to earth to fulfill all of His promises, to make salvation a possibility, to bring redemption to God's people, to build a church that forever will praise and exalt His name, and He made a space for you in that story. That is the deeper stuff. And we will spend all of eternity understanding more how deep that is. And so here's the rebuke. We're bored with the gospel. We're bored with it. And Peter says that I'm screaming so loud, I just turned a page in my Bible. I don't know how that happened, okay? Peter says that we should be filled with worship. We are called to be filled with praise. That what we need to endure hardship is not better life insurance, but more gospel confidence. What we need to put one step in front of another when life feels brutal is not someone to tell us that everything's going to be okay, but more confidence in the God who saves and redeems and keeps his people. We need more confidence in the gospel. So here's Peter making what sounds like a very naive claim to us. If you know and believe and receive the story of Jesus, you have eternal insights that change everything. And so Peter starts here before he gives a single command. Peter starts here before he gives a single command. So my practical friends, like give me five steps that I can do this week. This sermon is going to disappoint you and I don't apologize for it. Come back next week, okay? Because Peter is making the point that if we don't have this gospel foundation worked out, then the commands don't work. Because without the gospel foundation, commands are trying to earn your salvation, and that doesn't work. Without the gospel foundation, commands are trying to prove something about how holy you are, and that doesn't work. So this truth is the foundation, and it's more than the foundation it's the whole building. It is who we are. And so Peter this morning says, bathe in the glory of the story of Jesus. Soak in it. Marinate in it. Let it be who we are. So this is what I want today. I want, I'm praying, I'm pleading, I'm asking for the Spirit to work such that the message of salvation through Christ Jesus would lead us to overwhelming praise in such a way that we can't bottle it up. I'm praying that the message of salvation through Jesus would lead to such overwhelming perseverance that we will put one foot in front of another and we'll press on tomorrow even though we just want to pull the sheets over our head and act like this life isn't even happening. And I know that's real. I'm not the only one who wanted to do that this morning. I'm praying, I'm praying that we will see that the message of Jesus 
is everything that we need to honor God and to become His children and to glorify Him. So let's look together at the passage. And I want to take this passage in reversed order. So we're going to start in verses 10, 11, and 12. Verses 10, 11, and 12. In these three verses, and if you're a note taker, this could be your first point. Blessed to know what you know. Blessed to know what you know. In these three verses, 10, 11, and 12, Peter begins by saying, concerning this salvation. And what he means by that is is what's above, which we're going to look at in a minute. But what he means by that is this message about Jesus and salvation come through him. And what he says is, we are abundantly blessed to know what we know about God, God's grace, and God's salvation extended through the person of Jesus. We think of it like, oh, yeah, 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 I know that. But Peter says, you are abundantly blessed to have so clearly known who God is, how you can belong to God, and what God is doing in the world. Because what we know with the New Testament revelation, that is what we know with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the book of Acts, The writings of Paul, the writings of Peter, the writings of John, the writings of James, the Revelation. What we know there is more than any person before has ever known because God saw fit to reveal it through Jesus. Now, I know that just boggles our minds, right? Because we read the Bible and we go, man, I wish God would tell me more, right? We do that? Am I the only one? Come on. We all do that? Okay. At least like one person back here was honest. That's great. Um, but the reality is we have been blessed to know so much more. Look, first Peter goes back to the prophets. And he says, the prophets who prophesied about the grace, and I believe there he's referring to the prophets of the Old Testament, people like Isaiah, people like Jeremiah, people like Malachi and Amos and Hosea, and pick your favorite one of those minor prophets. God was speaking directly through them, and yet Peter says they didn't have as much detail about how God's promises were going to come to fruition as we do. Look, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. They searched. They inquired. They were diligent to know what person or at what time the Spirit was indicating that the Christ would come. And it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit. Things into which the angels long to look. Man, there is so much here, but let's just see if we can walk through this. Peter says that the prophets were eager to know what they were talking about, how it was going to come to fruition. But they realized that they 
were speaking not for themselves alone, but for a future generation. So do you get what he's saying there? The prophets saw the coming Messiah, the coming of Jesus, the coming Redeemer, as the central message of what they proclaimed. What's the central message of the Old Testament? God's salvation will come through God's Messiah. What's the central message of the New Testament? God's Messiah is Jesus. So so Peter's making this point that the, the, the main focus of the prophets was to know when this Messiah was to come and how they would know who he was. And they preached knowing they were serving future generations so that the Messiah would not be missed. Not only that, Peter says, but he says the angels long to look into this and to understand it. They long to better understand the mind of God and how God's history was going to be unveiled. But friends, this is the overwhelming statement. And so if, you, if you're the type of person that writes in your Bible, highlights, underlines, this is your passage. The middle of verse 12. The things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit. The things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit. Do you see what Peter is saying? If by the Spirit you have heard the gospel, understood the gospel, embraced the gospel, believed the gospel, seen the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ as revealed in the gospel, these things have been made known to you. What the prophets long to know, you know. What the angels long to see, you see at the center of all of eternity is Jesus Christ, the God-man, who came to bring salvation for God's people. And we have been made to know Him. This is overwhelmingly good news for us. So if ever you are prone to say, eh, I know that already. Remind yourself again of the gospel. If you're ever prone to say, ah, that's like entry-level stuff, I need the deeper stuff. Remind yourself that you will never go deeper than understanding the grace of God extended to you in Christ Jesus. And every page and every word and every deep doctrine of the Bible was intended to exalt Jesus. So are you an infralapsarian or a superlapsarian? And if you don't know what that means, it doesn't matter. But if you do, my question is, does your arguing about it exalt Jesus or not? Because if it doesn't, you're wasting your knowledge. What kind of millennialist are you? If you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. But if you do, the question is, does your wrestling with that exalt Jesus in your mind or exalt your intellect? Because if you're not exhausting Jesus with with it, you might actually be exhausting Jesus with it. But if you're not exalting Jesus with it, you're wasting your knowledge. That was a happy slip of the tongue, by the way. Just write that down, tweet it, whatever you do. Don't exhaust Jesus with your theologizing. That's a t-shirt waiting to be made. Just give me a little... Can I claim trademark verbally? Trademark, Jamie.
The Bible is filled with theology. The Bible is filled with knowledge. Knowledge that we will spend all of eternity unearthing and learning more and more and more of. So hear me clearly. Let me go on the record. I am pro-theology. I am pro-people getting together to talk about the depths of Scripture. I am pro those people dressing like geeks when they do it. You know, like, like plaid jackets with the little patch on the side. Maybe a pipe. I mean, I don't know. I'm pro all of that if we're exalting Jesus in our pursuit of knowledge. Don't be found taking lightly what God has revealed to us at the cost of His Son's own life so that we can swim in the trivial. But be found going deep in what God wants you to go deep in. Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the sent one of God who brings salvation and reconciliation and new life and new hope and a new future for all who repent and believe and follow after him. And that future lasts for all of eternity. Okay. If you think maybe I'm reading too much into it, let's go back to the top. Second point. Worship God with your mind, with your knowledge, with the truth that you've received. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ! Exclamation point. Okay, so the exclamation point is not in the original Greek because crazy thing about original Greek, verses 3 through 12 are one long sentence. Enjoy that, English majors. But anyway... I like the exclamation point, so let's just leave it there for a minute, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed is not a word that we throw around a lot. Actually, Southern evangelical Christians love throwing the word blessed around to talk about us, right? I got a raise, blessed, hashtag, right? Got a new car, black beamer, hashtag blessed. Like, like, so we love to talk about how blessed we are. And as silly as some of that is, we are very blessed people. Blessed means we've received God's blessing upon us. So breathe in some more of his oxygen, you're blessed. Go eat your Mexican food after church, you're, you are blessed. You are blessed. Enjoy your golf tournament this afternoon, perhaps you're blessed, I don't know. But when verse 3 says blessed... Peter's not suggesting that God needs us to bless him. Peter's not suggesting that God needs us to give him a gift. What he blessed is an Old Testament phrase barred directly from the Psalms that means praise God for who he is. So what does Peter want you to do with what he's saying here? He wants you to be moved to exalt and worship and glorify and praise God. With what? With the message of the gospel. Look, according to his great mercy, 
He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, in this you rejoice. What does Peter want you to do? He wants you to go deep in the gospel, go deep in the truth of how God has saved you and be moved to abounding worship and praise and glorifying of God. Now just in case that sounds difficult, let's just look at it. You are a Christian because of God's mercy. You are a Christian because God caused you to be born again. You are a Christian because Jesus rose from the dead. You are a Christian and will stay a Christian because what Jesus purchased for you is imperishable. It does not fade. It's undefiled. It will not be defiled. It's unfading and it's kept in heaven for you. How can I believe that? Because the God who raised Jesus from the dead is guarding your faith for a salvation to come to fruition later. Do you hear that? We have salvation now, but there's something better to come and God is guarding it for us by His power through what Jesus has done. So today, you are filled with fear, with anxiety, with doubt, with hurt, with suffering, with hardship. Wherever you are today, remind yourself of this. By God's mercy, I have been born again. By God's mercy, I am alive in Christ. By the resurrection of Jesus, I am alive in Christ. And by the resurrecting power of God the Father, I will be kept forever. There is nothing that can snatch me out of the hand of God and there is no hardship that can take away the truth that I know and I believe. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. In this I will rejoice. That's what the Lord wants from us today. So if you are filled with joy now, praise Him. Praise Him. Can I just give a little aside? Here at Redeemer, you are free to express your praise to God. The fact that I am a curmudgeonly 90-year-old stuck in this body who acts like a 90-year-old and who is very unexpressive and always looks angry does not mean that you have to be like me. Feel free to express your praise to God. One of the most horrifying things I've ever read is your church will be as expressive as you are. That is a problem, people. That's a problem. If that's true, you should like fire me today, okay? But be free to express the praise that the gospel produces. It is God's desire that our knowledge leads us to praise. But Jamie, I'm not happy today. Okay. 
We don't have to argue about that. But remind yourself of who God is and what Jesus has done for you and let that shape your unhappiness today. But Jamie, I'm depressed today. I need medication to get out of bed. Okay, we're glad you're here. We're glad you got out of bed. We're glad you're getting medical help. Now, let the grace of God extended to you in Jesus Christ shape and speak to your anxieties and your fears and your depression. But Jamie, I've suffered so much loss. Okay? It's okay. God knows your loss. God knows your sufferings. Let the gospel of Jesus shape how you grieve today. Jamie, I struggle with so much sin. Okay, you've come to the right place because we're a bunch of sinners also. And let the grace of God purchased for you through the blood of Jesus speak to how you handle fear and guilt and shame today. But Jamie, God can never save a person like me. Untrue. Peter, who wrote this, denied Jesus three times on the last night of his life, and God restored him and used him, and he is saying, believe the gospel and be led to worship. And so today, I invite you to Jesus, and I invite you to repent and to believe and find salvation and find real joy and find transformation for the first time. Let this be the day. Let us help you meet Jesus. And all this leads to the last point. Our hardships have purpose. When shaped by the gospel, our hardships have purpose. Verse 6. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you see what Paul's saying right there? Here's a lie that you shouldn't believe. Here's a lie that you shouldn't believe. I suffer because of my sin. I don't think that squares with the biblical truth. I sin, God punishes me. I sin, God punishes me. But we can't go the other way and say God has nothing to do with my suffering. Peter says God has caused your temporary suffering so that you will cling to the gospel more and your eternal joy will be greater. So wherever you are today, there's a purpose in it. And wherever you are today, God's in control of it. And wherever you are today, God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not failed to keep the promises of the gospel. He's brought you to this point so that he will lead you home. Go home with Jesus, metaphorically. And Peter believed this could be true for people like us who didn't walk with Jesus. Look at verses 8 and 9, and this is where we'll conclude. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Peter saw him, right? The apostles saw him, right? 
Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. Peter's saying it goes to the next generation. Though you do not see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy. Though you haven't physically seen Him, you believe. Peter believed that this gospel didn't only shape those who physically walked with Jesus, but it was for all generations. Let us be a people who hear the gospel, who are overwhelmed at its greatness, who are filled with worship, and who can navigate hardship because we know that Christ is the Lord and He has purchased God's blessing for us. And if God is with us, who can stand against us? Let's be those people. And then let's go look at the what's later. So this week, I invite you. I'm praying. I'm calling on you to look at the truths of the gospel of Jesus and plead and to pray and to earnestly ask the Lord to let them shape you and produce worship in you. Our Father in heaven, we pray now that you would come and speak to your people. We pray now that you would work in us all the things that need to be accomplished. We pray now that you would give us faith We pray now that you would bring salvation to this room where it needs to come. And we pray now that you would lead us to exalt you in all things. Lord, you are good. You are just. You are merciful. And we're praying for your spirit to work. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.